0: What's up? It's 49ers draft day, I guess. Still. I guess the
1: last one. Yeah.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we switch it back. Maybe, Maybe we we'll don't. Re- re-brand. We have to rebrand. There's there's just so much.
1: <laughs> 49ers the 49ers summertime podcast. Yeah. <laughs> White 49ers, Boy summer, a 49ers podcast. 49ers uh, COVID uh, is over podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Roaring Twenties Niners podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, the draft is over. And listen. Thank God. My favorite part of the draft is everyone thinking they know what's about to happen and then everything just going completely haywire because, like, you can trade picks on the day of the draft and things of that Turns nature. Out. Yeah. So the Niners brought in one, two, three, four, five, what, six guys? Seven guys? Six guys. Uh, I think it ended up being seven. Seven, seven guys. Uh, picking picking the first round, second round, two third rounders, three fifths and a sixth. So Jay Hutchinson's prediction of. Equal spreading out of the picks proved wildly wrong, um, and a lot of the predictions from mock drafts that
1: we did. Oh, There's eight guys. There's eight guys. What? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Look at that. There's eight guys right there. Math. Yeah. Who
1: would have thunk? Um,
0: Who knows? I did. I. They had nine picks. They came out with eight guys. That that seemed too much. Uh, perhaps they're able to get like Elijah Mitchell onto. A, a practice squad i doubt it to be totally honest uh yeah, I talk I think, about him last I think it's,
1: yeah we'll get to that
0: there are a couple of good like good special teams options here so there might be some oh, guys great who great lose their teams jobs it, uh just on that like it would be hard for me to see like mark and zacha still being on this team oh, they
1: they got rid of zacha already he's
0: already gone yeah okay so th- this was this was well foreseen by everyone but everyone um <laughs> it, it was so let's start with with the big one. I, I don't know if we need to do the Mia culpa on this because uh,
1: I already wrote it three different ways, so.
0: Right. Like, uh, it, it was Lance. It was Lance at three, and apparently it was always Lance, which is a really funny, like I'm not buying that, and that's not me feeling anchored in it. Like, it wasn't always Lance. If Mac Jones was your fallback plan, then Mac Jones was, in fact, your first plan. You just yeah, got convinced.
1: As Jim Trotter reported after talking to um Jed, Jed York, basically uh he said that Mac Jones was a safety net, which is literally almost verbatim what we said is that like I thought it was you trade up to three. Mm-hmm. If you find out some like damning stuff about Fields right. and Lance, that you know, secretly, like growing up, they murdered rabbits for sport. Right. Um, You know, you don't draft them. That probably wasn't going to come out. So it, you know, probably was going to be one of them. But yeah, yeah, it's to
0: the and and here's the thing. Like I wrote at the beginning of April that everybody was fooled. And that was a a good column. It got a lot of run. We talked about it a million times off this show on this show. Um, It was a lot of people projecting 12th pick logic to the number three overall pick. At a certain point, though, the conviction of those people that there is some inherent trust in those people was so strong and the counter information was so negligible, downright non-existent, that I I panicked. I panicked at the last second. It's just like how many times. There's too much
1: time. There's too much time. It was a month. It was a month of buildup. How many fucking arrows can be pointing to Mac Jones before I say like, well, I don't actually know and maybe they do. It, it's annoying because our logic was so sound and we were actually like, no, it's not Mac. It's not Mac. And then you get to like but two like, days before the draft and Kyle Shanahan is like bringing up like Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. Uh, like when he's asked about athletic quarterbacks. Right. And he's like asked about Mac Jones um, and like basically already like defending, you know, the, the <laughs> His logic. His entire
0: tone was, fuck you, I'll take Mac Jones Yeah, if he's I want. asked
1: about Mac Jones. He's like, you know, the guy that we liked at three – you know, he got better like in our it. eyes. And so yeah. when he was asked specifically about Mac Jones, and that's his answer, it's a pretty logical way to interpret it. But he was obviously just fucking with all of us, which props to him, honestly.
0: He's really good at that. And and honestly, we should have remembered that. But again, when it's like there are four or five people who can get fairly decent information out of the 49ers through the periphery. And as much as we say they don't leak and they don't. I mean, I thought that like Mike McDaniels might know something, <laughs> you know, like and silver and McDaniels talk a lot. Like it, it's one of those things. So then he's coming in hot with the with the Mac Jones stuff. It, it the until joke is, the
1: day of when he until the day and of, of when in there's the and, stuff. And, um, and
0: then there was the betting aspect of it, which, you know, we, we've talked and tweeted about like it, it, the betting aspect doesn't sway me. Uh, we all remember the election. Uh, that was fun. But um, it's. It's just one of these things where if you want to clown on on your boy feel free I my last mock draft was wrong I thought it was Mac Jones after that Monday thing that's fine uh, but the the joke is only on us or on me in particular'll I'll, I'll own it all because now, I, I didn't stick you. to I didn't stick to my guns all the way through right. I panicked at the last second and no one cares no one cares that you had it up until the moment
1: um, right. I feel but bad. I, it. I do. Peterman got it the worst because he <laughs> he was picking Lance the whole he time. Was hard. Yeah, I, I was mean, a field guy, That's the so thing. I was wrong like,
0: on every count.
1: <laughs> right, but at, I mean the thing was though, Lance doesn't. I mean we talked about it. I, I I kept bringing it up that like I could see why it wouldn't be Lance because right. I mean why it would be Lance and not Fields. Both ways. Yeah. And so it was you know the processing speed, the footwork, the anticipation, the projectability. Right. All of which, you know, Lance, we, we we both said this in our columns, I think, like he's a ball of clay. Like totally. Kyle can we do. We literally said that in both of our columns, which was really right. I know. Um but Kyle can do this is like his dream. Like and we should have I, I think we put more stock in what Kyle would worry about as a downside rather than him viewing it as I've got the best out of pretty much average limited quarterbacks my entire career. Imagine what I can do with a guy who has the foundation I'm okay with and limitless upside. And, and that's I don't think why we're bringing back right.
0: CJ Bethard.
1: Exactly. Good. he's I, that, gonna be a stud on the jaguars
0: that that's oh by oh God. we actually we don't even have time but uh <laughs> suffice it to say we don't agree with the jaguars draft policy by the way luke farrell is not 29 that's a pitcher for the rays they google had really it messed up yeah yeah we fucked that up uh but uh amongst other things it's a shame no he is it,
1: 29 oh no, no 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 you're right you're right there's you're two right. luke
0: farrells they look <laughs> almost identical so good times but uh as if Luke Farrell was going to be like some Samoan guy, right? But uh, it, it, it's to the point where we didn't have to provide an answer, but you do in this line of work. And I'm not trying. I'm not, who gives a shit about <laughs> anything, right? But I just want to. I just want to show our our process and kind of let people behind the curtain a little right. bit here. It
1: was it was less like you know again from the start, like it was less like oh I'm buying all these reports. Like we didn't buy shit. Like until no, because we didn't until hear Kyle anything. Talked, until Kyle talked, until Kyle that talked, that was what did it. It was like people were like, Oh, you got it's like, no, no, it was Kyle that that swayed us, and it was probably a groupthink thing where we, we all heard the, heard the same thing and we were mm-hmm. like, Is he really gonna do it? And then we asked, you know, he's asked about Mac Jones, he twice. was asked
0: specifically, Are you going to do it?
1: <laughs> right, his answer was more or less, Fuck you, I'll do it if I want, right. Right. And then he was like, I can't guarantee Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be alive on Sunday. We're like, okay. uh,
0: Yeah. This is a man who is deep in the bunker.
1: And that was another thing. It sounded like, all right, we're done with Jimmy. So if they're going to be done with Jimmy, it's not going to be Lance, right? Which is sound logic and is actually the case because they're like, we're going to keep Jimmy at least for the moment until we know what we have in Lance. So I was texting you, what was it? It would have been Tuesday
0: night, right? And I... I said, are, "Are we still sure it's Jones?" Because I remember after that, it's like we're like ninety nine percent it's Jones. We had nothing, and there is our first bit of tangible information. Right, and if you, and again, it, it's one of these things where I watched it back the day later, or I watched it back the day after they drafted Trey Lance, and I'm still like, "Yeah, they're taking Mac Jones." Right, <laughs> like I know what happened, and I'm still like, "Nope." They took Mac Jones. I live in an alternate universe. I'm waking up from a fever dream. Like, it was so convincing a performance. And I guess you could parse, you know, the little stuff, but it was everybody just, it was just a Rorschach test. That's all it was. It was just a Rorschach test. And he was, it was a very convincing photo of Mac Jones, whereas everybody else is a bit more of an ink blob.
1: And so, yeah, they leaned into it and admitted they leaned into it super hard. And we're like kind of laughing about it after they're like, yeah, we're not going to stop you from thinking what you want to think
0: but that was the that was my that was my column at the beginning of the month like everybody is just filling right. a vacuum and opinion is now becoming fact and then Kyle basically read it verbatim and it's like you know who should have stuck with that principle Dieter Kurtenbach <laughs> who fucking wrote it a month ago but that's that you know that's on me no big deal uh ultimately they didn't take the quarterback i wanted so the fuck do i care uh is going to be a bust they're all going to be busts except for Justin Fields. So go Bears, I guess. Um, let's talk about Lance. Let's talk about what we like and what we're concerned about. I think that's the best way to break down these sure. guys. Um, let's first off establish that he's the specimen, right? Uh, of all the quarterbacks. I guess Lawrence would qualify as well. Right. But this is the kind of quarterback that uh, has that Superman like quality. A uh, Cam Newton, Josh Allen type body, uh, ability to throw the ball. 140 yards in the air like runs over dudes if he has to can juke dudes out like this in terms of the ball of clay this is the fanciest schmanciest clay that you could possibly get and uh that that's huge it's it's a mat i don't know if it's gonna work out no one knows if it's gonna work it's a big jump from division i think it's gonna work i think it'll work too but like Um, no one no one can tell you but like yeah yeah go
1: ahead let me go negative first because yeah i mean the more i think about it the less i see negatives um it's funny how that I, works in hindsight right because I, when I was looking at Lance it was something where you know you see just and it wasn't people keep bringing up that he played the same amount of games as Mac Jones he threw the ball like 12 times a game and ran it like a running back it's a little different than Jones who's throwing it like 30 times a game in the like, SEC by the way right right there's a difference there and National we shouldn't say game. oh they played the same amount of games because that's just as dumb um there are a lot of things like we don't know. Like his last couple games in the championship and in the, the show off game yeah. were iffy. Um he iffy's he, an understatement. I, I really right. didn't like those tapes. No, I didn't either. But I think it's it's something where the last game, apparently what had happened was he did it so his teammates uh, who like were on scholarship or partial scholarship could get the one game they needed to retain that. Uh, so that was context that was missing and it was it a really even, rushed affair.
0: Yeah, I get it. But still, Central Arkansas should be a team that you wipe the right. floor with, even though they had Robert Rochelle, who uh, I'm sad.
1: Right. But like they him. clearly went out of their way to throw the ball a lot and, and went outside of the, the offense they, they'd run the previous year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in terms of, like, concerns, it was like, you know, sometimes he delivers, like, a pinpoint perfect ball. And then other times it's like, whoa, it just mm-hmm. he's throwing a missile that's, like, nowhere close. Right. Um A tendency to like just tuck it and run way too often and go into contact. I thought Kyle would be a little bit more concerned about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I I think he does have really good anticipation. I think he's got – I genuinely think he has the best feel in the pocket uh, for like his his footwork and movement in the pocket I think is just outstanding. Who I think had better footwork in the pocket. (laughs) Mac Jess. Right. Right, Mac Jones is great footwork, but I think in terms of like else, right, in terms of athletic movement and evasiveness and like reacting quickly, like uh, Fields Fields could move in the pocket, but mm-hmm. it's a little again everything was slower. I, I think it was all at like NFL. Kyle wanted game speed, mm-hmm. and he showed that. Yeah, um, and he really like. I guess we're going to the positives now because really I think it's going to work out, and I think it's going to be a nightmare for. NFL defenses for the next decade plus is that he can layer it to, he can thread the needle to every single part of the field. He has touch on those little short throws. Mm -hmm. He ran an offense where he's running bootleg after bootleg after bootleg. Mm -hmm. Um, He sets and delivers quickly on time with anticipation. Very good balance Um, in his throws. Right. And I think the biggest thing, and this was something like we didn't know, was the mental side of it. And that's what got Kyle. It's that he is super, super, super smart, voracious mm. in his appetite to learn, mm. and just knew the minutiae, the verbiage, the stuff that Kyle's like, oh, baby,
0: that's oh, a yeah. good Kyle stuff. Kyle got rock hard over that stuff, which, oh, again, is, it was the positive for Mac Jones, because by all accounts, Mac Jones had two things going for him, one of them sort of physical and the other one you know, <laughs> mental, which is he had great footwork, and he feels right. the pocket really well. Now, there he weren't does. too many instances where he had to you know, actually feel pressure, like for an entire season, but that did happen, and then, by all accounts, he was uh, an offensive coordinator on the field, and right. the his ability to, you know, be a rhythm player to you know deliver the ball accurately and on time at just a, a preposterous rate as he did this past season for Alabama. That's all done through game study and things like that. So. And Alabama's certainly not, you know, taking it easy on him, making it simple stuff. It's a pretty complicated offense under Sarkeesian. So that was the bonus for him and why, you know, part of me is like, I I certainly don't think that he should have been the pick because I think where the 49ers are at and with Kyle Shanahan as your head coach, you're in a position to where you need to hedge against the future. You need to go big or go home because you still have Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, like right. The, your worst case scenario
1: is fine. It's not good enough, but it's fine. Whereas with we Mac, talked about, there's no way for that to coexist, Mac and Jimmy. It would entirely. be mind boggling. Well, I mean, it, it, let's take it like five steps further than that. Like, how can you convince your players on
0: the practice field that Mac Jones is a better option than Jimmy Garoppolo? They're not going to be in the meetings right. with Kyle. And, that's where it would have been proven exactly. Right, but that's a that's that's Kyle's that's Kyle's private sanctum, right. and. Then you have, then you have, you know, McCorkle and his dad bot out here with you know Jimmy. Who just say what you will about Jimmy, but Jimmy's a handsome man, and uh, and they have the same more or less the same ability to kind of throw floaters twenty yards down the field, and there's no zip, and it's like what the fuck are we doing? It is it is
1: really eerily similar, and like I hate to try and make comps where like that that is a fair comp.
0: Yeah, it's just I mean I think McCorkle is more Kirk Cousins but because Jimmy can zip into it if he steps into it, but just so rarely steps into it. Nevertheless, that is done. He is over. I think he'll be fine in in New England. I really do. I think that they actually had a really nice draft. Uh, That's a team that knows what they're looking for, and they didn't draft a first-round running back, so they did a good job. Uh, Now they did draft a first-round guy who can't run, but that's not important. Uh, With Lance, the Niners are in a really good position. Sounds like Jimmy's being a pro's pro as if you'd expect anything else. Uh, say what you will about the guy and his ability on the field and, you know, kind of his standoff snish. Standoff I don't know if the word is. He doesn't really like the media that much. He's not a, a public figure around these parts, but, like, he's been a pro's pro. And right. To me, uh, Jimmy
1: is just a guy who, like, this just all happened to him. You know? Totally. Like, just, just a guy. A, the whole you know, thing is football, Truman Show. He's handsome. It's like, oh, I guess I'll go to, you know, college and you know, near home and it'll be fun. Oh, I am drafted by the Patriots now. Oh, I'm going to replace Tom Brady. Oh, I'm the quarterback of the 49ers. All right. I guess
0: (laughs) it is kind of like that. I mean, when you're at Eastern Illinois, you're not expecting like one day I will replace Tom Brady and they will have the entire Patriots organization will melt inside of itself over me. Uh, yeah, it does feel rather accidental at the same time. Uh, He's a good quarterback and he should be starting for a good deal of teams, and he should be starting for the San Francisco 49ers this upcoming year. Now with Lance, I, I think that there's a couple things that I do want to bring up here. Um, one, like, again, I was a fields guy. Uh, I think that fields as was I, was uh, a guy who could come in immediately. Could provide value for you, and that you could ramp up as the season went along. But if you gave him a simpler playbook, he was going to be able to handle that, and then you can get more and more as the season progressed. He seemed like a sharp study to me. But again, this is not a normal draft cycle, so we weren't able to get like those interviews and stuff that that normally we would get because it's a much more chaotic world. Um, I'm sure that Lance, the, the same thing could happen, but there's a couple of things with Lance in particular that the Niners have openly admitted to either tacitly or or literally in press conferences, which is, you know, they had John Beck working with them. They were working with Tom House with him. They basically gave him a 49ers, you know, super PAC coaching staff to handle a lot of the concerns that they had about him going into the draft, which is footwork is a little sloppy, a little sloppy at times. Um, He, you know, and the, and the arm gets a little long, especially on a deep throw, gets really long, and so it's a little Tebow esque at times. Um, I don't
1: know about Tebow esque, but it's kind of it's kind of like uh, it's a little. I don't know how to describe it, but it comes out a little. It's not consistent every time.
0: Yeah, he does not have a tight kind of. Say what you will about Jimmy, he's got a tight little motion, and uh, uh, <laughs> so they've been they have had their guys. Now they're not on the staff, but it's their guys working with him this whole time. I would imagine that that would have to continue moving forward. Uh, not not with those guys in particular, but with you know the quarterbacks, coaches, and, and McDaniel and Shanahan himself. Like I, I can't imagine that they feel comfortable, super comfortable with him, given their circumstance. Starting week one, now Jimmy will get injured. So who knows when Trey Lance will have to come in? Right. I mean, as much as it is like I could, I bet it's
1: it's by week six. That's maybe I, maybe I, that's I, early. But when um, we see the
0: schedule, we'll we'll set the over under most likely at the bye week. I mean, it's, it's hard
1: for me to imagine that he doesn't show Jimmy up multiple times in camp. Unquestioned, unquestioned. But then, but that's, it's going to be the right? The minor Kyle stuff.
0: You weren't around for when Jimmy showed up in, in San Francisco. No, I was not. It was consider yourself lucky. Those teams sucked. But uh, it was it was plainly obvious to anybody who was on the practice field that Jimmy was the best quarterback on the team. And there was a month, a month. I mean, he, Jimmy didn't play until Thanksgiving. He got traded on Halloween, right? And listen, it's not basketball. Like I understand that you have to come in and learn, and there's a certain level of decorum to trading over quarterbacks and all that, and you don't want to put them in a bad situation as well. But it was plainly obvious who the best quarterback on the team was immediately, uh, as if we didn't already know based on Madden rating and you know reputation. Uh, you have C.J. Beathard versus. And it was clear that, that, that Garoppolo was there, and, and Kyle held out Jimmy probably two weeks longer than he had to, right. and then he got for- and then his hand got forced through injury against, I believe, Seattle, where the game was completely over. But Jimmy comes in and just rips off a couple touchdowns, and then it's like, fine, we'll start him with a limited playbook. So Kyle will be more patient than anyone's going to want him to be.
1: Right. I do think, though, the difference is there's a full offseason, and I would bet Lance is a little bit of a quicker learner and a little bit smarter than Jimmy is. It sounds
0: It sounds to me as if Lance already knows the entire playbook. I mean, that uh, reading between the lines, which we're so good at doing, um, it, it does seem as if They've already given him a playbook of some sort and that he has that shit down pat because Kyle doesn't fuck
1: around with stuff like that. So we should get some preseason games. We should actually. get three three preseason games this year. And for the first time ever, Kyle Shanahan's like, thank God for the preseason. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, and, and that will be, uh, listen, it will be vanilla, but that will be uh, effective vanilla in that case because right. they don't want to show anything, but they also can't show anything because he's a he's a brand new puppy. And he's got some interesting weapons around him here now too. Now, they Niners, you know, obviously traded 12, then they trade down from 43 to 48 with the Raiders. Um which was fine. They got Aaron Banks. Honestly, if we're being flat out blunt about this, Aaron Banks is my least favorite pick in this entire draft for the 49ers. Really? I think he's fine. I really do. I think that he'll be a good solid pro. I question his ability to move in space. Um he is Lakin Tomlinson. He is, you know, uh, at the very best of Coleccio Semele, who I always had questions on him in an outside zone scheme with the Raiders. It was fine, but he's more of an inside zone guy. At anything, uh, it just it, it, it lacks it lacked a, 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 of it lacked the creativity that I was wanting. We talked about this uh, on our on our Twitter space conversation, like something that we wanted the Niners to do. In the second round, particularly at 43, but they could have done it at 48 as well was go with Creed Humphrey, the center out of Oklahoma, who's an athletic freak, could play guard immediately and then switch over to center when Alex Mack was there. And I think that what unless the Niners really feel that Dan Brunskill is their center of the future or that they have two or three years with Alex Mack, which if they think that that is dangerous fucking territory because they've dicked around with Weston Richburg for how many years now, uh, Knowing that he's not been there, like Aaron Banks can't play center for you, like he's not going to play center for you. He's a guard, 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 and I just don't see the value here. Even though I think he'll probably be a solid pro for ten years, so that is I don't like it. I I
1: had two issues with the draft. Yeah, one of them was that not that again, not drafting Banks, but the fact that you had an opportunity to draft a guy. Alex Mack is thirty-five. He might play one year. He might play three more years.
0: I play three fucking games.
1: Right, right. So there's a reason the Niners Humphrey got him for a song. is one of the most athletic center prospects ever. He had a ten um, out of ten on RAS. Right, and you look at the film, and he's just beautiful, man. Oh my goodness! Like he is. He is. A, love it. it we, and we you were can't, you that can't we... convince me that that uh, Banks. He's a better all-around prospect than Humphrey, and he's definitely not as athletic. Now, again, I like Banks. I just think value-wise, Creed is much better value, Uh, and you can move him to center, and like center is something, again, Kyle's a stickler for centers. He wants a guy who knows the system, so if you're going to get a center, like you can't keep signing 35-year-olds forever. I mean, maybe you can. He thinks uh, he can, I just,
0: but he's running out of guys that used to be his center.
1: <laughs> right. So it's something where it's like, hey, get the guy you can train now. And then move him to guard, and then move him back. And so that I think is my truly main gripe with this draft. I think so, it's yeah.
0: the Cody the Cody Whitehair principle with what the Bears did, where they drafted him, they knew they told him he was going to be the center of the future, and they played him at guard for a year, and they shifted him over, and he's been a really good center. He was a really good guard. What are you laughing about?
1: Packers drafted Josh Myers a pick before Creed Humphrey. Oh yeah, no, they don't know what they're doing. Um, oh man,
0: I, I just I would be stunned if Creed, hum- Creed Humphrey. Has some this is almost blasphemous. He has some Quentin Nelson in him. Like there's there's something like deeply special about Creed Humphrey. And I don't like Oklahoma prospects usually. Like right. I'm usually anti Oklahoma. Like Trey Sermon was out until he transferred to Ohio State for me. So it's I think the opportunity cost was completely blundered here, right? In the sense that, okay, you got a guard. Fine. What else is he? What else can you do for me? Because he's you, just a
1: guard. He's but, just a guard, and
0: he'll I probably think with, start yeah. right guard week one.
1: With, right. I, with I think that's what they what clearly what they value. Not I think I know that's what they valued. You know, we talked about injuries like yeah. last year. Uh, they drafted four straight guys from the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. so this is something where Kyle's like, we've got a starting right guard. We're locking that down, right. and I think it's probably something where. They didn't want to worry about if a guy could play guard. They wanted to say, this guy 100% day one, mm-hmm. we can see him. He's our starting right guard. And I understand the value there. I, I just think they it's a little bit of a misvaluation.
0: evaluation it, it, I don't know if it's a mis-evaluation. Again, it's just not creative enough. It's not risky enough. And it does feel as if, you know, contrary to what they did at pick 88 here, by, which, by the way, they got from the Rams, which will never be brought up again. Uh, when Trey Sermon goes for 210 yards <laughs> in a clinching NFC West right. game, um, yeah, you know, they that was that was a bold decision going with Trey Sermon, not because he's not a, a, an absolutely outstanding player who should not have been on the board at 88, considering where like Travis Etienne went in the first fucking round. Um, not that the Jaguars should be a barometer, but like, wow. Um, But he played with Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) Well, that that will fix. By the way, just tracking back real fast Aaron Banks, uh, apparently McGlinchey was a guy who was talking him up. He's a Notre Dame guy. He's going to likely start, if it's not Brunskill, uh, soon, next to Mike McGlinchey. No, he's going to
1: start, but
0: yeah. He's pick 48, so he probably should start. If he's not starting, there's kind of a problem there.
1: You botched it completely. Um,
0: But you have two Notre Dame guys. I will say this. McGlinchey had his fifth year option picked up, which we already knew. Uh that that's official now. And I I was able to find a video on one of the uh one of the fanboy sites that or uh, a Twitter accounts, Instagram, whatever. McGlinchey's put on some weight. McGlinchey looks, he? he looks thick. He looks nice. like a thick boy. So that might not be the worst move. I mean, they had to do it just cuz of cost benefit and that like there's no way you can't have a starting right. He right. wasn't
1: he wasn't bad enough to warrant not doing it and trying to find a new right tackle, and he's so goddamn dominant in the run game that it's like you just you we f- can figure this stuff out.
0: And I think figuring it out was entirely just he can put on weight again. I mean, he was right. so he was so small. I mean, he had to have been weighing a buck seventy five by the end of the season because it was every player I think loses he was weight down to two ninety five. He had to be lower than that, man. I mean, me and McIlhenny no, have no, very was, similar bone yeah. structure, and like I know how like that guy can like we I know. Listen, I'm not an offensive tackle at the <laughs> NFL level, but like Mike McGlinchey and I are cut from the same European cloth. I mean, have you ever seen us stand next to each other? We look like cousins. I have. And like, that's great. He, he, there's some Midwestern love going on there. There's some, there's some, yeah, there's there's some, <laughs> there's some working the plow that's happened somewhere in <laughs> right. our existence. And all I'm saying is I know how much weight I can carry before people are like, ooh, either's looking really fat. And it's like way more than you would think. Like I can get to like three forty before people are like mm, packing on a few extra. Right. And Mike McGlinchy and I've also weighed one hundred ninety pounds in my life. So like it's one of That's these things. Yeah, no, it's it's not great. But uh, <laughs> so I've weighed I've weighed four hundred and twenty something, and I've weighed one hundred and really yes. But yeah. and luckily I'm closer to the four. I don't know, but I know like McGlinchy looked like. He was deliberately wearing black. Let's put it to that way. Like he, he, his upper body looked not necessarily swollen. He like he just looked like he had been chugging protein shakes for the last month. Right. They put him back on the college diet, and looks that's great. it. Great. He, he looks, looks like yeah. he looks like an NFL offensive lineman. He looked like a goddamn swimmer. He looked like Joe Thomas post-retirement when we saw him at the end of the season. Right. Where it's like and Staley now too. Yeah, it's like you're fucking looking like McGlinch. You look at him, and be like, you're a very handsome man. You're looking cut. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right thing to be if you're a right tackle in the National Football League. (laughs) So that will be a fascinating one, too, because Aaron Banks is um, actually I don't know his backstory. Do you know if he is guards are different than tackles? A lot of tackles are, you know, much like uh, McGlinchey and. Uh uh Staley and, and the guy we'll talk about in a little bit, Jalen Moore, like converted tight ends, guys who were skinny. There's only two ways to go. It's super fat guys who have to lose weight to play left to play as an athletic player in at the seems NFL. seems like
1: a natural guard.
0: Banks looks to me like, yeah, he's never not been that shape, which is pear. Right. <laughs> he is a pear. He's a big boy. And that's 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 the funny thing about guards, man. They just got these big old thick legs. They big old booties. He, he looks. He looks the part. He could. It's going to be hard to get around him. He doesn't move well in space. I question his ability on reach blocks. Uh, it's going to be uh, interesting. I, I do
1: like his first step on the line, but I, I'm with you in terms of second level. We'll we'll see. It will be
0: interesting if they want to run the cannonball play where they get like four guys way outside, right. which is our favorite play. Like it's the best play, and it will be interesting to see if he's able to do it because you know, right. You know with McGlinchey, you know with you know Trent Williams, you know I don't know with Mac, but I presume with Mac he's been running it for so long. Uh, those guys are going to be able to get out there and scoot. Now you kind of have two, you know,
1: pillars. Just guys. I do you- kind of love that though. I, I do think it's something where it's like you don't want pressure coming up the middle. Yeah, <laughs> um, maybe that's and it. So I, I kind of think just just they're pawns. Like-
0: they're just a pawn. <laughs> Right. Just put him in front of the I, king. Yeah.
1: No, I, I, I like to pick. I, I don't think it was perfect value. I'm yeah. But I, I, I think banks will be pretty solid.
0: Though. I think he'll be a ten year pro, and yet I don't like the value. That that's a pretty good right. spot to be in. Uh Trey Sermon, eighty eighth overall, running back Ohio State. Love it. Um we were both of the mindset that the Niners weren't gonna go running back, and they went with no. two. And right. Sermon was a surprise. Not because he doesn't fit exactly what they're doing, not because he's not a great one cut back, just because we didn't think that they valued running back at all, given the state of their room.
1: I mean, they snag one from the undrafted pool every year and turn him into a starter. So it's like, you know, and they had, I think I probably overestimated Jamichael Hasty and Wayne Gallman. And then the fact that Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert um, one year contracts one year contracts and both suffered injuries last year. So from that lens, it's like, oh no, you need a running back. Um
0: trading up to 88 though to get one was is something that's very un
1: Shanahan. I love it. Like I don't I don't have an issue with it. Like Neither I don't, do I like that's the thing. It's like you it's it's an easy thing to be like, oh you traded up for a running back. It's like here's the thing. If you're signing running backs for 10 million a year, that's dumb. But yes. getting them through the draft Whatever, unless you're spending way too much, and it's like what the I don't know. I think Doing the uh, the Texans something. did, where they give him yeah. like three draft picks or something. Right. Then that's stupid. But like, whatever, two fourth rounders, like for yeah. a third, I do, I have no issue with it. I think he's going to be a stud. Um, how soon do you dude. think? He, how soon do you think he gets the majority
0: of touches for
1: the forty ers I don't know if it even happens
0: this year. Do you think he not? You are saying he won't play this year, or that? He, no, he he'll or, play this year. Yeah. But
1: like it, it, you know, Mostert and Wilson are solid, like very solid backs. Um, so, like, it might take an injury, and it's not like Which I, is I don't know. question. Sherman's going to be standout, but again, with the running game too. There is a lot of like minutia mm-hmm. um, and stuff that takes learning, and it's something where like there, there is no reason. Like Mostert's fantastic. Yeah, he's um, one of the best Wilson backs. was fantastic last year and they appreciate both of those guys. So I just think it's something where like they're they're willing to probably let one of those go in a year. Um no, they'll let so, Mostert
0: go cuz Mostert will want more money.
1: They they they, right. they no, that's they, what I love. Mostert's they, like
0: pay me and they're like no. They did it that one time cuz there was no alternative. They did it be, what was it before last season? Or he was bitching and whining and complaining and they're like yeah, we'll glad like, to trade gonna, you.
1: Right. He's like I'm not going to show up to training camp and they're like here's a million. Yeah, that just work? Sh-
0: shut the fuck up. Like that was, <laughs> that was their general tone, which it's They're Like really? <laughs> it's I feel bad for running backs. Like it's a bad spot, right. but like if there's one place where you should not feel like you have entitlement to anything, it's Kyle Shanahan's running back room. Because he's just like, I'll find seven more guys like you. I only need right. two things out of
1: a goddamn running back, and I can find them. In this case... It took and- that personally, man. Mostert's like, hey, guys, I think I've I earned a raise. And they're like, no, yeah. how about we draft uh, two successors, and yeah. you're gone in a year? Yeah. How- Good luck with Ruthless. that raise
0: somewhere else. Have fun right. moving. Um, But you know, we, we've seen this with Raheem Mostert. His head has gotten... Fairly I like Raheem a lot, so I'm not Loving. it's not a terri- it's not yeah. a terrible thing, but like he has gotten a little snippy for being blunt. A little
1: snippy about I think like, he feels like he's not appreciated in the league, which right. is fair, but he's also injured a lot.
0: It's also injured a lot and also it's his fucking system.
1: <laughs> like
0: he's a Mike Shanahan running back. Just it's right. Son. If
1: you're like what running back who doesn't just blasted the whole like wouldn't succeed and fucking
0: stuff. alfred morris ran for almost two thousand yards one time like, oh
1: wow yeah and i've known
0: alfred <laughs> i've known alfred morris for a long time like he was great at fau no one saw that shit coming so um here, here's what i love about Cern. he is a one cut and go kind of guy uh his knocks are that he's a little bit upright his knocks are that he can tiptoe a little bit i think that the latter one might be A smidge of an issue. No one gives a shit if you run upright in a one-cut-and-go system, in an outside zone system. He is going to be the the player that Kyle has wanted since he got to San Francisco, which is Jet McKinnon, except big enough to actually run the ball. So Kyle has wanted somebody who can actually catch the ball out of the backfield. You could line up, run the Texas route. He's had Jeff Wilson around because he's a passable person at that, but Jeff Wilson's a little bowling ball. So you get a, a guy like Trey Sermon who's six foot, two hundred and fifteen pounds. What's Debo Samuel six foot, two hundred and fifteen right. pounds? We're going to get, see him lined up outside a lot, motioned into the backfield. Same thing with Debo. You can do it a little bit with IU. Juice Check's going to go in and out. They're going if if Jalen Hurd can play, he's going to do it. Tight end as well. They're going to play positionless football with Trey Sermon, which just that just kind of gets me hard. I'm not going to lie,
1: right? I, I- I hate to lean on stats for uh, you know evaluations, but last three games of the year he ran for 112. So 112- was, was
0: Northwestern, right? W- well, World
1: last games. well last four games. So what happened is he, he got hurt in the national championship. So he ran for 112. 112- Uh, against Michigan State on 10 carries uh, with a touchdown. Then he ran for 331 yards and I believe broke Eddie George's record against Mm -hmm. Northwestern in Mm -hmm. the Big Ten Championship with two touchdowns. Um, And then he ran riot against Clemson in the national semifinal with 193 yards and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And then he got injured uh, in the national 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 championship. championship and Ohio State's offense did not recover.
0: It's funny because we were both fields guys, and one of the things that happened when you watch fields is you kept thinking, "Fuck, Trey Sermon's really good." Mm-hmm. And in particular, the game that most people, I would imagine, watched the most of when it came to fields was the Northwestern game, because it was the knock that so many people had against him. Oh, the Northwestern game! And Northwestern's defense was dramatically underrated by the entire country this year. I think they had the best pass defense. They were in the a country. damn good team, excellently, outstandingly coached. Not the most uh, mobile at linebacker or defensive line, but the, every gap was sound, and they had a, a beast of a corner, right? In, in Newsom, that was his name. Oh right? yeah, Greg Newsom. Greg oh Newsom. my goodness, th- he, he might be my favorite
1: corner in this. Oh, track.
0: that dude is made of butter. He is just smooth, and uh, he's going to be an absolute stud. There's no question about that in my mind. Watch him be a complete bust. But um, it, it, when you watch that Northwestern game, you're like, holy shit, Trey Sermon. Just it wasn't even just rushing. It's just put the ball in his hands. He has such exceptional field vision in the open field. And this is this is I don't think he has breakaway speed. Uh he has a great 10 set or 10 ten yard I, think split.
1: He's, I think he's fast enough. I think I he's fast enough. I'm and not I, too worried.
0: And here's the thing about that, right? So you say, oh well, breakaway speed. This isn't Madden necessarily. You can still run dudes over. And the Niners have had a tremendous amount of success with just dudes who are mean. And OK, they have all the physical skills like Debo Samuel is not, uh, you know, a guy who has an above nine relative athletic score. He's he's a guy who's around there, but he's as tough as nails. Uh, now, George Kittle is and he's tough as nails, which is why he's one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game. Iuke has some toughness to him, but he's also a super freak athlete. But at running back, like say what you will about Raheem Mostert, he has the pull away speed, but. He's not a guy that he's going to break three or four tackles. He's not a guy who's going to make people miss in space. He's just you You give him the lane and he's a Ferrari and he'll go right. You know, he'll just blaze down the highway. But sometimes you're in city traffic and you don't want the Ferrari. And I think that Trey Sermon does really well in city traffic. I think he's got enough zip certainly to get himself to positions where then he can make dudes miss. Cause I just think he's a really clever and smart football player. And that's the thing that stood out to me in all the tapes. Like there's something to be said for a guy who just has a little bit of a clutch gene. And when Ohio state needed him most because their quarterback who, again, I was very high on because their quarterback wasn't coming through that day because his ribs were broken all the way up and you know, they were basically unzippering him to put him out on the field. Uh, Trey Sermon just said, fuck it, I'll take over. And I know that that's not necessarily something that you want to have happen at the NFL level, but Kyle Shanahan, this is a run-first offense. And we saw it with Tevin Coleman, who basically ruined his body in the NFC playoffs two years ago. He was already busted down, and he just said, put it on me. And then Raheem Mostert just saying, put it on me. He's gotten injured ever since. Kyle Shanahan wants a running back who wants the damn ball. And that's not necessarily the case with some of these guys. I mean, it just isn't. It sounds ridiculous, but like Trey Sermon's a dude who just he's a smart football player at a position that has been simplified. And I think that that will open up some opportunities for Kyle, not only to split him out wide, use him as a wide receiver a little bit, get some more funky stuff going with formations. But also when the time is right, we're just going to give the ball to Trey Sermon 20 times in a row and you can fucking deal with it. it. So Um, great pick.
1: With you, what do you think of uh, Ambry Thomas? Because you watched much yeah. more tape of him than I did. Yeah. Um, I didn't love like the one-on-one clips I saw at the sure. Senior Bowl, but I, I don't know how much you make of that.
0: So Thomas is long and feisty and athletically super sound um, when it comes to. What you need to be a shadow corner. Now we disagree a little bit on kind of what you need to be as a corner in the NFL, and uh, it will be interesting to see with him in particular because scheme is going to be so important to his success or failure. Um, which is the same you could say right. for uh, Diamandre Lenore. Did I get that? Diamandre?
1: Diamador. D- Diamador. Diamador. D- Apologies, name. that's a hell of a name.
0: Uh, uh, Thomas. Thomas could be an absolutely perfect cover for corner which I guess is the same thing as a cover three corner. Not a good cover two guy, though. Uh, His hips are a little tight. Uh, I think that his eyes wander quite a bit, but he is blazing fast, and if nothing else, I fully expect him to be the punt and kick returner on this team for the majority of snaps, and that in and of itself is is valued at pick 102. That's a starter, right? If you're if you're picking right. in the top 100, you need to get a starter. And Trey Sermon might not start immediately, but when he, when he gets on the field, it's going to be really hard to take him off. Uh, Aaron Banks might not start immediately. He probably should, but he might not just because of Brunskill. But when he's on the field, he'll be there for the next 10 years. Trey Lance is not a starter immediately, but he's a guy that you can expect 10 years out of him, Pro Bowls, All-Pro Super Bowls. Um, Ambry Thomas, I think, just in and of itself with special teams has a chance. Cause I, I think he's a pretty feisty player as well. Um, there's going to need to be some polish. I don't think that the Niners are going to be too upset if they have to throw him in there immediately, but he's not going to start week one. I mean, they're covered at corner. Right. Their issue was depth. And I think that he right. provides very solid depth. And, um, right. I, I, it's a, it, it was a little bit early for him. If we're being honest, right. I thought he was a day three pick, uh, through and through, talking like late fourth, early fifth. But it's fairly clear that uh, this draft, which we talked about being weak in terms of just not that's, having – an
1: absolute mess, man.
0: Just not having enough dudes. Um, right. I think that anyone that somebody felt comfortable with, they just didn't. They, they There was a lot of guys who were overdrafted by two rounds because I mean, we, it's, we it's, overthought it. it.
1: It's funny. Three corners went right ahead of him. Yeah. Naishon Wright from Oregon State, who I haven't watched any of. No, Elijah no. Molden out of Washington, who's Molden's going to be a nice, very nice guy. He's nickel. going to be a great nickel. Yeah. Um, um, Maybe. I mean, he's then, not that
0: athletic, but he's a smart guy. Right, right.
1: I just think, I don't know. I, drafting a I nickel in the third is, eh. yeah. Um, Melifonu from Syracuse, who's super raw. I just don't think fits this defense, but I, I <laughs> The do Niners just like, cut his brother, so. <laughs> and his right, bro- is super raw. You know, right, so. um, and but I think the only real other options are the, the other guy you liked, um, Robert Rochelle. I loved
0: Rochelle, but I get um, Thomas. I
1: see Thomas because right.
0: Thomas is. I can see if they talk to both Rochelle and Thomas, they're going to feel more comfortable with Thomas.
1: Totally, this totally, and it, and it seemed like yeah, it seemed like um, I think it was it was yeah, it was a pick from um, what's his name, the guy that does it all for them. Their VP of player personnel. You're talking you're talking Peters? Yes. It was yeah, an Adam, Adam Peters. Peters pick where Lynch said basically he he rang the bell for him. Um, and what they loved most, I think, and this struck me as like the anti-Akella Witherspoon, is that he he sees the ball really well, like in the air and reacts to it and attacks it. And Witherspoon, that was like you know, the catches he would allow, like sometimes he play perfect coverage and then just would never attract the ball. Mm-hmm. So he always I, I has think, his head around, right? So I, I think that's that's something they like.
0: I, I do think that there's something to be said. Like he knows what he's doing on the field, and he has crazy athleticism. And the knock on him is that his first step off the line of scrimmage is not good. Um, you can, if you put speed on him, he does have the physical ability to close, but he's going to have to close a lot because he doesn't have the first race. He kind of has a, a false step. His hips aren't going to open up, so double moves are going to kill him. Um, I don't think that he has a nose for the ball. I think he has a nose for pass breakups. If that makes sense, like he's sure. not going to intercept uh, because he's I too worried about the other guy not catching it. But we'll find out. I think he could. As I wrote, I think he, he he's going to pull a ton of flags early. Right.
1: Um, I think it's it's something like you know what Shanahan said with Lance in terms of improving accuracy. Like footwork is something you can work on. Exactly. So a lot of that a lot of that is coaching. A lot of that right. is teaching,
0: teaching him. Okay, if he's smart enough, then he can pattern match exceptionally well. I know that Richard Sherman's not there, and that's the guy that you want teaching pattern matching. But like, they have good coaches; they should be able to, you know, tell him how he, he. I don't question that he'll be able to hand guys off well if he has to. I don't question that he can cover, you know, a, a deep quarter, a deep third, very well. Man to man might get interesting, like true man to man but the niners don't really run that that much anymore. Right. And uh so it's a, it's a good pick. That said, a guy who a guy who qualifies as just sort of a zone corner at 102, a stretch. Luckily he has that special team skill. I think he'd be a really good gunner. I think that he, you know, he probably need to put on a little bit of weight for that. But I, I think he can be a really good gunner. He's definitely going to be a good returner. The Niners need a good returner, just full stop. Yep. Like they don't have one. So,
1: well, they've got Ayuk, but I don't think they want to. They him definitely
0: there. should not use Ayuk in that role. I know that that gets everybody rock hard, but this isn't college. Like that's a good way for one of your best players to die. Uh, day three, Jalen Moore. Jalen Moore. What do you think about Jalen Moore?
1: Uh, I I like his tape. I like his tape. He's a big, beefy boy. I actually think you know this is something where you know they said Moore is a guard, um, and last year they said Colt McKivitz is a tackle, right. and I really think Moore is can can play tackle. Agreed. Um, I don't like, like a guard.
0: Look. <laughs> he looks like a guard, but I don't like him a
1: guard. No, no, no. I, I think he's I think he's a tackle. I think it's something where like again, it's the exact opposite of McKivitz who we were both like that's not a tackle. No, that's a guard. he's a guard. Not um, a very good
0: one. After I think year, he's
1: pretty reliable and staunch in his pass sets. I think when I look at, at staunch, pass Lord. protection, like I don't see him losing ground. And I know it's like limited competition in Western Michigan, but it's like he was like know, that at the Senior Bowl too. Right. He was eating eating yeah, that's the thing. At the Senior Bowl, that's where it really showed up. He just ate pressure. Yeah. Um you know, I don't I don't know about his like lateral quickness Not good. and all that. Um but I think in terms of the philosophy of like you want to add as much depth as you can on your offensive line. I think he is actually sneaky athletic. I just don't know about side to side. He played tight end and defensive end mm-hmm. um, before he played tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting pick. I, I don't know. I thought they were going to go wide receiver uh, at some point. That was my only other gripe with this draft is like I thought, mm-hmm. you know, Partially, I just wanted the streak of 18 straight years to continue, and they didn't, and so that hurts me. Um, yeah, but, I, yeah. I, the way The way
0: I look at it is, this was a big stretch. Um, this is a guy who, listen, there was a run on tackles, so the Niners might have gotten a little freaked out. Um, which is somewhat understandable. Uh, I just don't, I just don't agree with them at all. Now, listen, it's their team. They can do what they want. I just don't agree with them at all that he's a guard. He looks like a guard. He's got them big old, big old button, them big old legs. Like he just looks like, you know, he's got a tree stump down there, but like, I, I just, he doesn't, he's not strong enough. Like he's just not, he, he played with adequate strength against Mac competition. like, That's just not going to do it. And I think what he really does well from the tape I watched, and and I'll be honest, I probably only watched, you know, a game against Matt competition before the draft and then afterwards, probably another, you know, game. So this is all we're going off of. And then senior bowl highlights and reading the scouting reports from a bunch of different people. Like what he does well from what I can tell is does angles. He's really good at angles and that's like a perfect outside zone tackle especially a right tackle right. where he's not going to manhandle you he's not going to pick you up and throw you to the ground there's not going to be very many pancakes but what he will do is knock you off of your line and then set his feet and allow and as you kind of said just absorb he's right he lets people right into his body that's
1: like that was like Cosme from Texas like I he just like sort of ate everything and I think it's a little similar in that respect
0: which is dangerous because when you get long defensive ends, you can you know do it but my my issue is and maybe that's why they think oh he's just he's just able to eat it we'll put him at guard but my issue is okay when you're playing go against a defensive tackle who are strong as shit and not that athletic but now they're right. getting more and more athletic okay now you've eaten him and now he finds a way to spin out he finds a way to go up and in cuz he's th- the th- the entire game is low man and while he's a stumpy boy you need that anchoring strength, which is the reason everyone says, oh, well, Mike McGlinchey, they should move him to guard. No, you can't move Mike McGlinchey to guard. He can't anchor. What you want your guard to do is you want your guard, especially in this system, at the very least, at the very least, to be able to blocking sled it, right? So if you think about the blocking sled, you grab it under the pits and then you lift it up, right? right? You need to be able to do that with your guys. That's not something that I see. That's not something that I see from more at, at, Guard. I do see him able to do that at tackle because he's so good at the angles and he's so composed. And this is the thing that stood out to me. When he wins, he wins big. It's really impressive at tackle, again, against MAC competition. So let's not get too crazy. Right. When he loses, which was a lot more than I think people would notice, and maybe this is just the old offensive lineman coming out and me and, you know, pretending I know more than I did uh, and now know. But like when he loses, at least from my viewpoint, He's so calm and collected, you don't realize it, and that he's really good at recovering in those situations. But yeah, letting people into your body is not, you know, not a good way, especially too when you're not strong enough to stop them from just bull rushing you, right? And just b- plowing you over. So we'll I see. thought it was a stretch at 155, indeed. Yeah. But um, but
1: there's not there's the, yeah the only the only issue I have you know, um, you know it's it's like looking through the picks. It's pretty ugly at this stretch, um, but I do think, yeah, like, Shai Smith, pass. your guy, Jalen Camp, I think they, they could have done well to add one of those guys. Um, next guy up, Diamador Lenore. I, Talk me up. Uh, slot corner, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, yeah. We don't know. I He's he's friends with Richard Sherman, apparently. Um, funny guy, interviewed with his shirt off. Mm-hmm. Um I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't have analysis because uh, I, I've only watched a limited amount of his tape. But he looks a little stiff-hipped. Um, yeah, he looks like he attacks the ball pretty well at the point. Like he's got good timing. Um, and again, as, as you mentioned, like he's pretty similarly athletic stunningly, to Kwan Williams, stunningly Shot similar. Uh, so it would stun we'll me see. if he
0: wasn't the nickelback. Now you know Kwan's on a one-year deal. Uh, he's been injured a shit ton. They're riding. Who was it? Who was the guy that they ended up having? It was
1: DJ win? Reed, and then the Seahawks picked him up.
0: Yeah. And then who did they have this year? Oh,
1: Jamar Taylor. Jamar
0: Taylor. I wanted to make sure who I had Who tore his right.
1: ACL and then was upset the 49ers didn't pay him. And it's like,
0: yeah. Jamar was actually okay. At, at he Nicole. was. I, I do he want was. to give him some
1: thing. I thought
0: this was a pretty good stretch uh, of a pick. Uh, I gave it a C on my grades. Uh, if it's the Williams replacement, it's better. If it's not I, I just i can't see this guy being a viable outside no, corner no, no. um he's 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 a little shitster i mean that's that's the best way to describe him He's just a he, guy who who's said, out there looking to fuck shit
1: up He said when you get out on the field you're either you're either a hyena or you're the prey, and so basically what I'm saying is I'm the hyena and that is an ultimate ultimate football guy quote. Yeah, and I love it. I you know when you're that small though, and he's a tiny little fella. He's uh, not that. He's not that small. Well, he's five. Uh, I mean, five ten 200 is, <laughs> five,
0: 10, 200 is something. For
1: the slot for the slot. That's all right. It's but yeah, totally it's fine huge. for the slot.
0: Uh, you need. You need to be. He plays bully ball at that size, so you got to find a spot for him where that's acceptable.
1: Right. Good and, luck with your shoulders long term.
0: Yeah, and beyond that, like he has very tight hips. So,
1: it, all right, it, let's not get
0: a little. Let's not get too sexual here. I'm just saying, like he's not he's not tall, he's not long. He has tight hips, and he plays like a bat out of hell. If he's not a nickelback, he has no purpose. Right. So, right. No, uh, my hope there. is,
1: but you know, they, you know, you not-
0: mentioned safety too, which I can see that, but only as a third,
1: only as a big right. Nickel I, yeah, I think I think that's something where um you don't you use him sort of rotationally when you're trying to disguise coverages and that makes yeah, sense to okay. me. And listen, uh, he could very easily this could go either way. I think one he can
0: also be a good special teams player. Um Right.
1: But Yeah, uh, no, he's going to he's going to be a great spe- sh- well, if he's not a great special teams player, he might get cut. Right,
0: that's very fair. Uh uh he has a chance if he is Capable of translating what he was able to do at Oregon almost directly to the NFL level. He has a chance to be a really fun chess piece on a defense that needs to get more athletic. And by when I say more athletic, it needs to be a little bit more versatile. A lot of guys, you have one guy out there. I mean, you have two great linebackers who can kind of do it all. But really, it's Jimmy Ward is the only one who is like capable of moving around right. a little bit. Uh, the nickelback is the nickelback. The cornerbacks are the cornerbacks. The defensive right. linemen are the linemen. You need to get a little bit more versatile. You need to mix it up a little bit. He has. Speaking a, of which, yeah, uh, the next guy. This uh, can you pronounce I've, it for me? Uh, Talano Hufanga. Hufanga is. I love him. I, I love yeah, him. It's impossible. I, this this feels like Shanahan and Lynch just getting a football boner and just saying fuck yes. it. Let's pick one eighty. Why not? Yes,
1: that's almost exactly what Lynch said, <laughs> is he was like, at this point in the draft, like, we didn't think he was going to be available, like, Fuck we it. just, like, he, he he hesitated to compare himself to himself. Yeah,
0: no, but uh, I get it, I get like it.
1: Like, you could tell he was like, I see a little bit of myself in him. He is just a dude who, like, I asked him about it, because he's just smiling, and you see him play, like, he comes downhill, like, like, he loves, he plays killer. with joy, he he's plays with joy, and he, it's like Palomala, like, yeah. And he's worked with Palomalu. And so, like, yeah, it's like comparing, like, Pacific Islanders who play safety can be. But, like, there is sort of aggression and, like, joy for the game. And he worked with Palomalu. So it's something where you can just see he translates joy into ruthlessness where he comes downhill and cuts things down at with like really intelligent angles and tackling techniques.
0: He's just a really good football player and it's not a bad spot to have him on defense. Now we do have to have this conversation, which is important. He is a kind of player that you want to have on the field, not immediately. And he'll right. be, he'll probably be a special teams pro bowler year one,
1: which is I- exactly what he said he wants to do. Like he literally said verbatim, I want to make the Pro Bowl as a special t- which is like, that's a good way to guarantee I you lo- make the I, team.
0: So it's impossible not to love this person. Uh,
1: but I don't think that he can
0: be a box eight. I uh, When I watched yeah. afterwards, it's like, you are not very good in coverage. <laughs> you are a linebacker nope. who weighs 200 pounds. Exactly. Which is fine. If you are used in interesting ways, and you know you move them back into coverage every now and again to mix it up, but can he put on the ten to fifteen necessary to just play him as a Sam linebacker in third down situations? Hell, just any down situations where now he is just a wild card because you can line him up on the end. I, I've see, I've seen it. It's awesome. Yeah, no, no, no.
1: It's it's a little Jamal Jamal Adamsy light. It's a little Jamal you know? Adamsy. It's a little. Uh,
0: it's a little. Um, uh derwin jamesy there's just something about he's, oh,
1: now this those, is the most fun tape them- to watch it, it, he's so it, he's much murder. fun man
0: the those guys also are elite coverage guys now adams maybe not so much anymore but at no, least no, no, back no, in no. the day you could see it and i was actually really down on adams way back in the day when the jets drafted him because i'm like the guy can't cover he's camp chancellor but he found a way to just make shit happen he's too smart but um right. And, and that might be the case here. I just don't like him in coverage. I just think he's a linebacker, in which case he's not
1: yes, big enough.
0: So he's – maybe call it what you want, the star position or Sam backer, which isn't really Sam backer anymore because weak side is now Sam backer and Sam backer is now weak side, but that's not important. Um, it's If they put him at backer, if they say he's a linebacker, I feel a lot better about it.
1: Right. If they say I, he's I, I totally a boxer, I hate it. I totally agree with you. And I, I think it's something where um, Lynch is like – yeah, like we don't really care. Like uh, we'll figure out the position later, but like we just love this guy, and I think that's totally fair approach because I think he's going to make this team one eighty. He gives a shit. He's right? He's just a guy. I think this is this is the most tropey thing of all. He's just a guy that makes plays, man.
0: Yeah. No, I mean I get it. I get it entirely. And listen, with him and Lenore, they now, it, and I guess, you know, swing it the other way with like Sermon. There is some versatility now. Um, there are guys right. who can just make play, just put them in spots, make plays. You have certain plays, you have certain packages that highlight their skills, and that's not a bad thing to have, especially again if they can contribute on special teams because you can play every week if you're a good special teams player in the NFL. Like the totally. Niners are versatile enough to where they don't have to bring a bunch of
1: guys. And now we get in the last guy. Um, I just didn't see it coming, man, and I'm so right. fucking happy. Right before I mention this guy, I have to mention. Guess who drafted Jake Funk in the seventh round? Who drafted someone drafted Jake Funk? The Los Angeles Rams.
0: God damn. Are you fucking kidding me? The two teams I swear the minute I don't have any connections to the Minnesota Vikings. I have connections with some teams. It was eerie. The Minnesota Vikings hacked my computer. I'm convinced of it. The Rams were not far off, by the way. The Rams were clearly big fans of the Dieter Kurtenbach draft experience because anyone I wrote about or tweeted about, they somehow got, and I was not comprehensive. <laughs> like I was, I was judicious right. to the point where Elijah Mitchell, someone that I would say was probably the second running back that I scouted when we talked running backs
1: seven months him, ago, I love him, man.
0: Well, he was the guy, and I, I we talked about him on this show, but. I never wrote his name down in any of the mock drafts, any of my sleepers thing, because I just thought it was so obvious, and everyone loved him, and it's like we talked about him in
1: January, like it was, right, was like, too cool for school. Right, like someone, someone's someone's going to grab him before the Niners do, and you know they they're going to wait until the undrafted free agents, and you know
0: Elijah Mitchell is Raheem Mostert, and that's it, that's it. He's the same player,
1: man. He is. Lightning quick, it's great. I love Louis. We just gotta watch Louisiana Lafayette every year because they have the best
0: outside zone running backs every just year. Pure
1: speed. They had Raymond Calais last year, love who him. I also love. We loved him. Oh man, they're awesome. It's it's great because he's just a dude. Like you don't even have to break it down. He is very 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 fast. I'll, I'll give you the exact number.
0: Here we go. This is from Kentley Platt, our our hero, at, legend at Math Bomb. He does Ras Relative athletic score. 10-yard split, 1.51. That's 9.7 RAS. 20-yard split, 2.44. A 20-yard split of 2.44 2. is obscene. <laughs> that is almost as fast as anyone has ever done it in the history of the National Football League. And a 40-yard dash of 4.35. And by the way, you might think, well, he's just running in a straight line. I guarantee you that he is at 98. 5% of those speeds after putting one foot in the ground and cutting upfield. There is nobody in this draft outside of perhaps our good friend, Jake Funk of the LA Rams, oh, man. who puts a foot in the ground and gets upfield faster. Just who has the inane sense of how to do that better than Elijah Mitchell, who He's I was convinced awesome. was six foot four, by the way, the way that he <laughs> runs up, right? I, when I saw five ten two two ten two hundred two hundred and one 201 pounds. Officially, I was like, right. oh, I must have mixed him up with another running back because he is such an upright runner. I mean, just it looks like they grabbed a guy from the track Dude. at ULL and just said, carry this football.
1: He just bounces off. It's because he like he runs with such speed and aggression that like people don't know really how to tackle him. And he just seems to like bounce off. I I, I can't wait.
0: And, and for as weird as it sounds, like ULL played good teams and they were playing.
1: They're a good team to look out for in the- Every year. I just, They've always I, got some some athletes and some freaky dudes.
0: I'll, I'll say this about Mitchell. I think he can run or he can catch the ball better than we're letting on, but I don't think that he'll ever catch a ball for the 49ers. Right. Nor He's does Mostert. he really need to. He's Mostert. And again, I swear to God, I swear to God, I
1: thought he was six foot three, six foot four.
0: <laughs> he just
1: looks so
0: tall when he runs. It's, it's really wild. It's awesome.
1: But, and by the way, just now that the
0: Rams have. Uh, God damn it. I gotta check out the Rams draft. Funk
1: and um what's his name from last year? FSU guy. Oh yeah, Akers. Cam Akers. Akers. It's gonna suck for for teams that are like, we're so used to Henderson and just like the corpse of Todd Gurley and uh who's the other guy they were running with for way too long? Just I just they were I'm so Malcolm game. Brown. Just guys where you're like What are you doing? You drafted a running back in the second round, and you're not using Cam Akers. And it turned out they used Cam Akers, and he was a stud. So the Rams grabbed four of my guys. And
0: again, my list of guys was 20, 25. They grabbed Bobby Brown, defensive tackle out of Texas A&M, who is a goddamn missile off the line. Just a bowling ball. Incredible. Right. Robert Rochelle, cornerback central Arkansas, who I think has day Ooh, one starter ability. They
1: took Jacob Harris that Jacob that freaky Harris, athlete from UCF. six foot five,
0: two hundred and eleven yep. pounds, who will have a better rookie season than Kyle Pitts. Mark it down. And then they took Yeah, no. Listen, I think Jacob Harris is a poor man's Kyle Pitts.
1: Um then, I don't know about that one, partner, but I I love the confidence. <laughs>
0: and then they took Jake Funk, who did we talk about Jake Funk on this podcast? Yes, yes, okay,
1: absolutely, we did because uh, I was watching his tape and I was losing my mind. Jake Funk, I fell in is love with him.
0: Incredible, <laughs> Jake <laughs> Jake Funk uh, might might be on the cover of Madden twenty three when it's all said and done. So much fun, dude. If Jake Funk ends up now, first off, he's the two thirty third pick. Gets cut. <laughs> he probably ends up getting cut. Uh and I wouldn't you let pa- him get to the practice squad.
1: Gets passed around seven seven different teams and but then just gonna, goes off. At have, some point. Jake yeah. Funk's
0: gonna have a twelve hundred yard year at like age thirty-two. And we're awesome. just gonna be like, What
1: happened? Jake it's Funk. It's gonna be awesome, dude. It's impossible. Look out for him. They he's also the, drafted Ben Skaronek, who sucks but uh is a yeah. super freaky athlete.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, man. Uh And Chris Garrett, outside linebacker from Concordia St. Paul. Did you watch much Concordia St. Paul this year?
1: Oh, you know I was locked into Concordia St. Paul. And I definitely knew that was a school.
0: We talked about – we did mention very fast uh, when we were talking linebackers, the guy from Concordia. And I went like the Concordia from a block away from where I grew up. turns out it wasn't. It was from the St. Paul one. There's probably a dozen of them. Um, Okay, all the picks are in. Uh, I'm not sure if you were aware of that after everything that we did, because I wasn't aware of it, I thought that Jake Funk had gone undrafted and was very excited to see where he landed. But your boy had to go to the, the Nordstrom rack for his wife. Um, it's 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 a good class. No one knows how effective right. it will be. I think that
1: they also added Austin Watkins, who could who is like they didn't draft a wide receiver, but he's got a chance to make the team in the slot.
0: Yeah, that's the big question that I have for you. Like, what do we do now? With this 49ers roster that they did not add at two positions of very clear need, which were tight end and wide receiver. Uh, let's start with wide receiver because I think we have a shared opinion of what should happen at tight end, which is a much easier position to be fair to kind of add at this juncture because there are so many pros out there available via trade or free agency. At wide receiver, do you do you – Get the sense from Shanahan and Lynch that they're comfortable with Hurd, that they're comfortable with Jawan James, that they're comfortable with River Craycraft. Like that, those are going to be their guys. Do they have Travis Benjamin coming back? Is that a person that's still he on this is team coming
1: back? But he's an outside guy. I mean, um, who, they they need
0: a who is going to be this team's third down daddy? Because right now, I would say Jawan James is their best bet. Which might Jennings, actually Jenny. Sorry, Jawan James is a offensive tackle, um, which would be a very interesting. He could be a third down daddy. Who's to say? Uh, go big man. Juwan Jennings is their best. I, I think the guy who has their best shot right now, which is not to say much. Though I do think that would be a nice role for him. What do you think? How do? You, where do they go? Third
1: down daddy. Because I don't see
0: any wide receivers out there. The open name
1: market. out a while ago, but what about Danny Amendola?
0: <sighs> What's his situation? He's, He's free a free agent. agent. There's something to be said there. There's something to be said there.
1: I would take a flyer on it. I mean, I, it's like Muhammad Sanu is like a walking corpse. Like yeah, not to trash it. him because, like, I lo- love. I, I think everyone loves Muhammad Sanu, but he. I don't know if you can expect anything out of him. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like you know, you look at the roster, and it's just there's nothing you can trust. Outside. Like, here's the thing: the only guy you can fully, fully trust is Ayuk, which is his second think,
0: year. Are you talking Debo can't be trusted because of injuries?
1: Yes, that's what I mean. Is like. Yeah, you, you have to bet on Debo, but like he's been injured quite a bit, and that's not something you can discount. Yeah. Um here here are the
0: available here are the available wide receivers, and it gets grim fast. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. Golden Tate. Julian Edelman retired. Yeah. Danny Amendola. Some person named Alex Erickson. No, it's Cody Core. Cody, Cody Core. Cody Core is a big name. <laughs> that's not. Damier that's not a real Bird.
1: They could bring Tavon Austin back.
0: Yeah. Marquise Lee. DeAnthony Thomas, all four foot two of them. Benny Fowler. Laquan Treadwell. Oh, boy. Laquan Treadwell's with you. Maybe they should bring him in. DD Westbrook. DD Westbrook's not an interest. Is an, Chris Thompson is a former 49er, so they're not bringing him back. <laughs> Uh, Marvin Hall. Uh, let's just yeah, say, man. It's Trent, I don't even want to read we heard any of this more Trent of these. Trent names. Taylor, <laughs> Greg. I like
1: Dors-Pitt. I like how I like how dire it is, and they're like, we are not bringing back Trent Taylor.
0: <laughs> yeah, Lil Jordan Humphrey.
1: <laughs> That's an awesome name. Yeah, yeah. So you look at it, Fred.
0: It's- Fred Brown. Just some guy named Fred Brown out there looking for a job as a wide receiver. That's, that's like
1: when you when you meet, create a player and you you don't want to like create a name, just so you just Fred click down the list Brown and make the first Brown. one you can. Trent yeah, so you got Sherfield. That's who they signed. Yeah, so he I don't know who he is, but I guess he played well for the Cardinals. Um, Jamon Moore.
0: I, Jamon Moore was a good player at one point.
1: Okay, so quickly, it's Ayuk Samuel. Outside of that, you basically, you know, um, Richie James is probably your slot guy to go with. I'd say he's a safe bet to make the roster. The only other one, yeah, who's a safe bet at this point.
0: I, I mean, is he though? Because I think that they just drafted somebody to return kicks and stuff. They, uh, I, I would say I would bet that Thomas gets it. Yeah, but he.
1: Yeah, I'm just talking guy. about like slot guy. Like,
0: yeah, no, I'm looking at it. I get it. I, I'm with you.
1: And then, like, Sanu maybe. And then, like, I guess they Sanu, really think the Jalen roster.
0: Yeah, roster.
1: is going to be They're really betting on uh, healthy. I mean, really, yeah. Hurt's maybe Kevin White. Be, I mean, preseason they, they might refused be a, to play Kevin White last year, so I don't know. They didn't know want to give it that. away. It would have been too, right, have been too tantalizing. Right. And then Travis Benjamin, he'll probably make it. Is as, like, Fucking you know. Austin
0: he, Parole is still in the league?
1: Yeah, it's not a deep group. Like, Juwan Man. Jennings is a shot. Matt Cole. Um, dude, it's he was he was like a uh Canadian league stud. McKendry University. Yeah, he played in Canada, bet.
0: didn't he? The Dolphins always get these CFL guys, man. That's their thing. Right. Trent so yeah, Sharefield. it's a,
1: it's not a great group. And um Trent I think Sheffield. they should have added someone, but Austin Watkins has a chance to make the roster because of the names we just mentioned. Yeah.
0: Austin Watkins out of uh South Florida, which is in UAB,
1: baby. Oh, UAB? Yeah. My bad. All good.
0: I've spent a lot of time at both of those schools. Um, no worries. Yeah. No. He's a, he's a, he's a good player.
1: UAB. Right. Central and then yeah. So the we'll see what happens there. Um, other position I thought they could have drafted was defensive end. I, I think their depth there is actually okay, but just Unless based on the how NFL. they build a team. Yeah, yeah. It's Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Jordan Willis, Samson Ibukam. Yeah. Uh, the corpse of D Ford. We'll Kent see KB if he ever Street. returns. Arden Key, uh, Jordan Willis, yeah. Deshaun
0: Hall, Alex Barrett. Someone named Corbin Kafusi.
1: He's an offensive lineman. I got him listed as a defensive lineman here on do our He He's an offensive lineman, I believe.
0: Okay. Well, I that would be a interesting. Tackle. You can go either way, Ben Garland <laughs> style. Um, That's what
1: the Seahawks tried to do with that tight end they ended up cutting. I'm stunned that the Seahawks tried to do something <laughs> that ended up not working.
0: I honestly, I, I honestly was expecting maybe another DT, and I think that it speaks to Zach Kerr and Mo Hurst, who you know yeah. they've added. Their
1: depth is fine there. I their think.
0: depth is fine, but they're a little. It's a little bit different. I mean, this puts a lot more onus on Kinlaw to be a great three technique, and I think that their one technique is going to be a little bit more of a zero than a you know a three going forward. In that sure. you know you have Darian Daniels and Kevin Givens. And Hurst has a little bit of burst, no pun intended, not to rhyme. And then like Kurt, like these are big fat boys. Like there's no nice way to put that. Like these are just like space eaters. Right. And DJ Jones is kind of a space. These are run stoppers. And so it will be interesting because, you know, they didn't get great push last year. They didn't, and I do think that the interior of the defensive line is is such to where you probably just need pass rushers across the board at this juncture, but right. I guess they're going with a run stopper somewhere.
1: Right. Last thing we'll mention, uh, tight end, I don't believe Kyle Shanahan in that he thinks Dwelly and Warner and Daniel Helm are good enough depth, and if he does, yeah. why? <laughs> um
0: absolutely be batshit
1: insane. Zach Ertz time.
0: Zach Ertz is a very viable option. It's going to probably cost a third round pick. Uh, might do cost it. more. And go ahead and do it. It'll probably have to happen after June 1st on the basis of uh, the contract for the Eagles to save money. But do it. Go if we learned it. anything from the NFL draft, is that everything's going well with the Eagles. So, <laughs> Oof. They got my man Milton Williams out of Louisiana Tech and they cut – You sent me the video. I think it already has like a million views. You've probably seen it by now.
1: Yeah, their front um, office.
0: Of the front office with uh, Howie Roseman going around like trying to give everybody a fist bump and everybody just being angry at him because they traded They traded down – Olympic
1: McNeil I think got picked three, one pick before them.
0: They traded down three spots and the guy that apparently they really, really wanted the defensive tackle out of uh, North Carolina State went one pick above him to the Lions. And, and so, they
1: traded down for a sixth.
0: Yeah, they got barely anything out of it. So, good job. Right. At least there Um, wasn't an expose on how everyone hates everybody there.
1: God. Um, Real quick, I'll just give like a quick fire grade of the draft. I gave it a B+. Um, I give a lot of value to not drafting Mac Jones. Yeah. um, And drafting a guy who I think is going to be an absolute stud in the league for a long time for protecting him, uh, for doubling down on your run game, for doubling down on – um, adding to the defensive backfield. Um, and then, you know, the questions we brought up about, you know, not drafting a center who could play guard and not drafting a wide receiver. That's Those are my two main gripes.
0: I would give it a, a, a B minus on the basis of, uh, just calling the picks where I where I would have taken them and, and value in the draft. I don't know if they did an exceptional job in any way of getting value out of their picks, even with a couple of trades here and there. I uh, agree with you. I, I think that if you look at positional scarcity, Lance at three is perfect. I mean, any quarterback other than Mac Jones would have been great. Um, I don't like the the banks pick for value there, especially when you see you know like uh, Smith, the Tennessee guard, who I thought was the second best guard in the draft, going in the sixth round for issues that are t- totally solvable. Um, you know, I, I don't you don't want to get too cute because you did just draft a franchise quarterback, but you could be a little cuter than that. Uh, I didn't see value with Banks at, at forty eight. Uh, the and they sermon. almost drafted
1: him at forty three if they didn't.
0: Yeah, love the sermon pick. I think that there's something to be said intrinsically for the two offensive linemen, the two defensive backs, three, if you include uh, Hufanga, in the sense that those are really hard positions to get as free agents. And they're really kind of tricky positions to develop with guys who have been in the league. You think about just the schmoes that are floating around as free agent. Like, I feel bad for saying schmo because I like Tom Compton a lot, but like. If you wanted to get somebody on the open market, you're getting a Tom Compton. Whereas if you're trying to get a wide receiver, we just said, like, Danny Amendola is still around. You know, like it's not a great market, but there are still players to be had there. Uh, tight end in particular, there's a lot of good pros sitting around a tight end. Um, so there's something to be said for the Niners drafting offensive line, admitting Colton McKivitz was not a good pick, admitting that they have to protect, you know, being smart and protecting the asset that they just traded three first round picks for. They had to get better in the secondary. This has been a team that has been hesitant to draft in the secondary for years now because it's somewhat of a, a, a no win position, but they found guys that they think can be value. I can see their vision with it. Overall, I give it a B minus because I can see their vision. I just question the execution in some of it, but there. no one knows for, you know, three years if this works and I love both of the running backs.
1: And hey, they got the biggest thing right. They got their franchise guy.
0: Could have gone a whole lot worse, uh indeed. And not only is, is Trey Lance, you know, a clear-cut franchise guy. Um we're going to we still get to find out in a way if Kyle is good at this or not. We still, you know, like it's one thing when you bring in Fields, right? It, that would be one thing. Um but you st- you have to develop Lance a little bit. You have to manage your locker room a little bit. Like there's there's still going to be you know, if if
1: I actually think it's a pretty easy locker room to manage with Lance because Kid it seems like a winner. Right. He is I think he's very humble. I think yeah. Jimmy's very humble. I think those two personalities can actually coexist together. Yeah. And I think it's something where you don't have to, like there's not the Mac Jones thing where it's like, is he actually better? It's not totally. like you're not gonna question Kyle for being arrogant. You're like, okay, this guy has some tools. Um it maybe might take a second. And it's like, oh, he might take a second to develop, but like he's I'm, got everything. I think it it's I'm with it you 100% on that. I
0: think the bigger thing is when do they play that guy? Cuz that, that as much as you mentioned, oh, that's not an issue now in training camp, right? Oh, well, Mac Jones is here, but Jimmy is still there, and they're going to play Mac or whatever. Right. Like how's it? the flip side of it is if Trey Lance is out there fucking slanging it day 1 as well he should and practices. Then you start him. Well, and that's fine, because then you have Jimmy as the backup, and that's cool. But then, if the kid's struggling, when do you pull back Jimmy? I mean, it's just there is. Yeah, it's tough. It's but fraught. Like, it's fraught, and that doesn't thing, mean that's negative.
1: Yeah, I know from our sort of side that's, you know, an issue. But like, that's a luxury too. Hundred, it's 100%, like. But Kyle still has
0: to manage it. Right, and that's yeah, my that's tough. my stance. This is this no, is no my, no, it's
1: fair. But like, I I'm like. You know, they don't like, they can, they can ride with whoever's got the hot hand. And I I don't think they're going to do that. I think it is sort of, you have to make a clear decision at some point, like what the dolphins did last year was a little, I don't think you it's sketchy.
0: And that's, that's the big thing that, you know, we didn't bring it up, but it's important to keep that dolphin situation in context. As we discuss this with Mac, it would have been very similar. Like Tua Tango Vailoa has no discernible elite physical traits. Um, He used to be able to run a little bit. Then he got the Bo Jackson injury. His arm is only good if he's totally protected, like, which is the case for a lot of quarterbacks. Um, and he throws, you know, 95 mile per hour fastballs. He's a closer, not a a starting pitcher who can work a bunch of different pitches, which is what you need to be as a starting quarterback. And, uh, I, Lance is a specimen who is probably further along in the development train than we give him credit for.
1: Um, I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if he's if he's ready day one. I'd be a little surprised if they let him start day one. So um, but so finally, what do you
0: do? You think that Jimmy just finishes out the year and then they cut him or trade him? Then for they try and trade like, him. Yeah,
1: I think it's something where it's like keep him on the roster through training camp. Is hey maybe another quarterback gets injured? Right. You know. Yeah. You get, and, the, and, and get the Sam Bradford. Deal. Another contender is is desperate. Hey, maybe another quarterback gets injured late in the year and then they need you know they trade in the offseason. Yeah. It doesn't hurt, like, you're not in a salary cap crunch right now.
0: Right. Your no, money you're is right.
1: fine. You're going to get rid of him next year because you need that money in order to make the value make sense. But yeah. right now, don't have to do anything with
0: him. The best that I had heard was a sixth round pick for him.
1: That makes sense because everybody got a quarterback by the time the draft started. So, like.
0: So, why, why, what do you need that sixth round pick for? Sixth round pick. I mean, listen, as good as I think Elijah Mitchell is going to be, like, who gives a shit? I mean, these, these picks, you look at the trade chart, 7th round has no value. The, literally, a 7th round pick is valueless. That's just something has to go back. Right. So, and then
1: one more thing is that when he's got one year left on the deal, he's going to be a little bit more amenable to waiving that no trade clause mm-hmm. and taking a, uh, a pay cut.
0: Yeah, somebody's going to want to have to restructure him or whatever. To right. Get
1: him but when he's got two years left, it's kind of like, I'll call your bluff.
0: <laughs> I'll take my $30 million this year. Thank you.
1: Right. He's like, Why cut me. He? Cut me. You won't. And they won't.
0: Yeah. No, that's right. Nope. That's right. That's right. Uh, and, and they shouldn't because even if you start Trey Lance week one, you're not. Jimmy's at,
1: not a horrible quarterback. He is at Jimmy's average saying, at worst. I think. What people
0: need to start doing in 49ers land right now is viewing the cost of the room as opposed to the cost of the player. And Trey Lance is not making n- no money, but relative no. to what he should be producing in the very short Future, uh, near future, like he is underpaid, right? He is on a rookie scale contract, right?
1: And that QB room is still making less than thirty million a year. Am I wrong? No, I'm wrong. I don't know it's, what Trey like Lance's 30, deal so is. Maybe I should have Trey's. Figured that I out. think six. Trey's. I think six. Maybe oh, Jimmy's twenty. So it's like so, thirty one combined. I think.
0: So if you're, you know, you need to pay thirty million dollars for quarterbacks, just full stop. You need to have. As much as you say, oh, well, you can do value this way and that way, like you need to have a good backup. And just because the backup could very well be making 4X what the starter is going to be making doesn't mean that that's not valuable because if Trey, as the 49ers have learned time and time again over the last couple of years and the reason they're in this situation, if your starting quarterback goes down, you better have a good option. And while Jimmy Garoppolo is not worth $27 million a year, he would be a goddamn great backup quarterback. And who yes. knows? Maybe when it's all said and done, he ends up the backup quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers in the weirdest, most twisted thing that's ever happened. But uh, they did well. They did well because it's not Mac
1: Jones. And that's um, all it comes down to.
0: Get Zach Ertz, and suddenly this offseason looks spectacular. Damn right. It was a spectacular pod, Jake, as always.
1: And now it's dead. Hey, hey at least we survived. We did. We did. We arrived a Sunday. We didn't know. Kyle Shanahan said, you know, you never know. But we made it. Long, lot of hours left ahead of us, buddy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's see if we can make it to the end That's of it. That's fair. Next uh next time maybe we'll be alive, maybe we won't. Maybe it will be a, a was it <laughs> a deceased post, podcast? Post, uh, a postmortem. Post- it was it post. Yeah, posthumous? Yep. Posthumous. Posthumous, there's the word. Posthumous 49ers draft day. Smart uh, guys over here. Brilliant. We thought it was Matt
1: 49ers 49ers Summertime podcast coming to you next.
0: <laughs> Training camp day.
1: Oh boy.
0: <laughs> two a days. The 49ers Two a Day podcast. All right. Bye.